What's going on, Los Angeles? Welcome into the Rams Skinny here on the LA Football Network, live on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you, as always, for making us a part of your day, uh, whether you're commuting in the car, listening at home, or uh, wherever you are. We certainly appreciate it. So, uh, talking all things Rams, as always, here on the Rams Skinny, we're going to put a bow on the 2023 season. We'll talk a little briefly. We did our full game recap last episode, if you're interested in that. We'll kind of talk about maybe some of the lesser talked about guys that had good years. So we don't really need to get into Puka Nakua. Don't need to get into Kobe, Kobe Turner. Like those are, we know how great those guys are. And we'll have probably more to talk about as we approach, you know, awards season here in a few weeks. But talk about a few lesser known, just bright spots of this team. And then, you know, got to talk about the Higby injury and, and what that looks like for the tight end position, what that looks like for his recovery. And also, you know, the, the video swirling around the internet of, of Stafford coming to his aid, which we love to see. So we'll talk about that. And then that'll just tie into kind of off season needs heading into free agency and the draft. We're not going to deep dive yet. Got plenty of time to do that, but just kind of give a brief overview of what the Rams kind of need to look for. Joining me as always, the better half of this podcast, the man with his name in the show, skinny T what's up, brother. How we doing? Uh, doing fantastic, man. Uh, just another uh, beautiful day in Los Angeles talking football. Can't ask for anything better than that. You, though, uh, sound a little under the weather. Yeah, I've been, I feel like I've been sick for over a month. Well, I not feel like I have been sick over a month. And then yesterday, my wife got like maybe the most sick I've ever seen her since we've been together. Not even just married, just since even been dating. Um, she was like, she's one of those where she can be sick and she's still just like, goes about her business and does everything. And she did not get out of bed yesterday all day. Um, and so I was still like had my lingering cold I've had for a month. And, uh, but I knew I'm like, yeah, we're in close quarters. So I'm sure this will get worse. And now today I'm uh, back in, uh, in worse territory than I was, uh, 48 hours ago. So Mia is still, uh, plugging along nothing for her though. So that's good. Hopefully that holds true. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I've, I've heard that parents are constantly sick from their children. So I guess hopefully it doesn't go around the, the other way as well. Yeah, I even I, I never do this. Like if one of us is sick, it is what it is. We just, you know, go to sleep. And if we wake up sick, oh, well, but last night, I even I slept on the couch, which I never do because I was like, you know what? I've been sick for a month. Um, I'm going to try to like not get this again. And I woke up like just my throat felt like there was like razor blades going through it. So I'm like, well, that didn't work. So <laughs> that was Man. pointless. Um, and I didn't sleep good. So just on top of that, I had to get <laughs> sick anyway and slept terrible. So um, beautiful stuff. But hey, happy to be with you. Happy to be talking with you. All things Rams. Um, I think we can, we're at the point now, at least I am where, you know, still disappointed. We'd love to see our Rams playing this weekend, but the disappointment has subsided a little bit. And now we can just have the appreciation of what the season was and look forward to kind of where this team is going and what they're building. Um, so, you know, as we jump into that, got to remind everyone about our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Head to underdogfantasy.com or the Underdog, Underdog Fantasy app. Put in your first deposit. Use our promo code RAMSLAFB. Certainly helps us out when you do this. RAMSLAFB, that's all one word. You're going to get a match bonus deposit between $10 and $100. Minimum to put in is $10. You'll get $10 free bucks. If you put in $100, you'll get $100 free dollars to play with. The pick is a blast. Pick two to five players across any sport. Choose the over-under and win some cash. Um, it's uh, not easy to win, but it is a lot of fun. It's easy to play, that's for sure. And it makes you uh, intrigued in maybe games you might not care about. So underdog fantasy, promo code RAMS, L-A-F-B. Um, and tell them the guys, 
at the Rams skinny sent you. Did I, was it on this show that I told you about my big underdog fantasy bet? Yeah, you sure did. did. Okay. That missed because Karen Williams got hurt and didn't have 15 carries. Yeah. Um, that was unfortunate, but anyway, so let's get into, uh, maybe I guess we can call it some unsung heroes and we don't want to need a certain number on it, but you know, we don't, we're going to talk about them plenty more later, but you know, for this segment, don't need to talk about Puka Nakua. Don't need to talk about Matthew Stafford. Don't need to talk about Kyron Williams. Don't need to talk about Kobe Turner, Aaron Donald, yada, yada. And you know, all of this team I think is, is now well-known obviously in the city of LA and amongst Rams fans and very appreciated, but maybe nationally there's not some guys and maybe if we do get any national audience. And so Rams fans, this may be seem repetitive, but let's start with you skinny. Who's one name that maybe isn't one of those big five or six that deserves a, a, a participation medal, if you will, for the 2023 season. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, Demarcus Robinson. Mm. Uh, you know, Steer. he kind of came on, at, Later in the later in the season, um, really proved to be a uh, just a um, a versatile pass catcher. You know, they started the season off with uh, you know um, Tutu Atwell, which we were all excited about that he was finally going to get some some playing time. He goes down with an injury, and he gets Wally pipped a little bit by uh, Demarcus oh. Robinson coming in there. Wally and, pipped, nice. Yeah, thank you. That's one of my favorite stories in in all of sports. Is uh, uh, Lou Gehrig coming in for for uh, Wally Pip and then setting the record uh, for consecutive games played that stood uh, for the test of time up until Cal Cal Ripken Jr. But yeah, um, yeah it's uh, you know and and he's going to be a free agent. Demarcus is going to be a free agent, yeah. so it's going to be interesting to see how they handle uh, you know picking up and and letting go some of uh, these really really big players that uh, you know proved to be really useful in this last season. And um, Demarcus Robinson is just one of them. You know, he's, you know, you know, Van Jefferson kind of came up and uh, came up and down in terms of the wide receiver three position. Uh, ended up getting traded, um, and then you know, Tutu was kind of in that role, uh, got hurt, and then Demarcus Robinson comes in, and you know, he he you know he he wasn't benched, you know, so obviously the the team likes him, uh, wants to roll with him. They're gonna have to pay him. I think he made a good uh, case for himself to get another contract from from somebody, if not the Rams. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's my number one kind of under under the radar guy that's uh, going to play a big part in the offseason, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a good one. And, you know, we we talked about him highly in the preseason and, and leading up to the year as a guy that could be a big difference maker on this team, especially with Cooper Cup, you know, missing the first four weeks of the season and, and took a little longer get going i think we anticipated or being utilized in the offense but once he became utilized it was he was a big part of it especially in the red zone and would have liked to seen him being able to do that in the playoff game maybe they wouldn't have gone over three <coughs> excuse me had uh had, had been able to hit pay dirt there like he did you know down the stretch but uh, unfortunately was able to but a great piece and i'd love to see him back it'll be interesting to see because the rams projected right now to have 10 draft picks um obviously free agency comes first but with 10 draft picks, if Raheem Morris gets hired, which has another topic maybe we can end with, they potentially would get two more compensatory or one or two more compensatory picks. I always forget the the, the formula, but um, they would get at least one more. So you, then you're up to 11 or so if they do any trades or trade back. I mean, so 
is do they see a value in bringing a Demarcus Robinson back as wide receiver through a four, or just hitting the draft and hoping you hit another Puka Nakua in the draft kind of thing? Um, we will see. And we got plenty of months to speculate on that. And again, free agency is middle of March, so that'll come here before. But for me, this probably ties into our next segment a little bit, but I want to start with uh, Brandon Allen, rookie tight end that, uh, you know, didn't obviously get playing time. Tyler Higby's the starter. Uh, but had to come in sparingly. And then obviously when Higby got hurt a little later down and most notably uh, in that, I believe the Baltimore game is when he came in and had that touchdown. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a long season, so blend it all together. But um, I thought he showed some flashes, man. I mean, it's a very small sample size, but I think what we've seen of Brandon Allen is a guy that can play tight end in this offense, in this scheme, can do a little inline stuff, but can catch the ball also. And it has some, some wheels on him after the catch for a tight end. So Higby, obviously, which we'll get to his injury and just how horrific and what a shame that is, the, the torn ACL and MCL, so we'll get to that in a minute. But whether it's he's back at some point in the season and or whether they want to roll with Brandon Allen as the guy, and obviously they'll add someone at some point, but I, I feel good that Brandon Allen showed enough to me in that small sample size that I see a talented tight end prospect that I think can continue to grow in this offense. So I love what I saw to Brandon Allen. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, you know, it's always the question of who are you going to pad the roster with uh, to kind of uh, help your veterans uh, get through the bumps and bruises that people over 30 uh, seem to get in the game of football. And obviously, it's this is a big bump. This is a big bruise uh, for Higby. You know, they're, they're thinking he might start the season on the bench. So they're going to need, uh, you know, uh, Allen to to you know, rise up and, and meet the moment and, and, and be the starter maybe for the first uh, handful of weeks of the season. So yeah, it was great to see, you know, just in that first game coming out, catching, catching touchdowns and, and, and really uh, being utilized in that, in, in that first game, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, definitely, definitely a good shout out there. I'm going to flip the, flip the, uh, to the other flip side it. of the ball. Flip yeah. it. I'm going to say, I'm going to say uh, Quentin Lake. Nice. I don't think we've really given him much of a shout out, but uh, he comes on as a uh, safety, which was a bit of a crowded uh, con- a competitive space heading into the season with John Johnson coming on. But he finds himself a nice little role at uh, nickel corner, uh, which was a nice surprise. So uh, mm-hmm. UCLA guy, uh, son of Carnell Lake, a former uh, Steelers great. Um, and, um, you know, just you know, like I said, found, found a place for himself on the roster, got himself some playing time and, and did a nice job. Yeah. I, I mean, love Quinn Lake, love, uh, he really came on strong there at, at the end of UCLA and, and, you know, a guy that I thought showed a lot of potential. And so I was ecstatic when, when the Rams ended up selecting him, we got to keep him here in LA and a guy that was going <laughs> to his rookie year, little, uh, insider information was actually going to do a podcast with us here on the LA football network. His rookie year, we were talking to him. He had been our Bruins show and, and such a well-spoken, um, you know, intelligent guy. And, and I think is whatever he's done playing football, hopefully it's, you know, 20 years from now, if he has a long career, but a guy I could totally see being in the media world. And so we were talking to him about doing a, podcast and he was all in it. And then, you know, obviously being a six round pick, he was like, you know what? I, I just want to focus on making the team and, and making sure I'm ingrained, which I totally get. So maybe, maybe now he's, he's made a name for himself with the Rams as a contributor. We can get him back in, in maybe that podcast world, but um, yeah, so that's a great one. And I'll mention a guy in the same, uh, in the same room and, you know, played sparingly, obviously wasn't the, the full-time guys you mentioned. It's a crowded room. 
at safety. But I think Russ Yeast continues to show, you know, moments that he can he can rise up and maybe not be a full time starter, but certainly if needed, um, plays really well. I mean, he was a seventh round pick in twenty two, so the the round even after Quentin Lake, and you know, obviously had those those great couple peanut punches in the Niner game. I know that was uh, the battle of the backups, but Hey, the Niners may have won that game. If not for Russ, he's making some plays down the stretch there, uh, breaking up some, some deep passes. So a guy that uh, I think can continue to, to earn in this role. And man, I, this is embarrassing because I love this guy, but who's I'm drawing a blank on his name for some reason. I'm, it's call it sick brain, whatever, but former seventh round pick out of Penn state with the Rams that just left in the off season, went to Cincy. Uh, oh, Nick Scott. There you go. Thank you. Reminds me a little bit of Nick Scott. And I hate even forgetting that because Nick Scott was like the first podcast guest we ever had here in the LA Football Network. Great guy. Um, but reminds me trajectory wise, I'm not comparing them necessarily as players, but Nick Scott came in, tremendous special teamer, seventh round pick, and then continued to work, continued to grind, continued to build. All of a sudden, a playoff run, he's a starter. And not only was he thrust into starting, but he actually like, exceeded expectations and played great and ends up going to get a big, pretty big contract after that because of how well he played. I could see Rust East having that same kind of trajectory where just keep, keep building, keep grinding, you know, going into year three now next year. And a guy that I think can, can be a contributor here and there. And eventually, you know, in year four, maybe, or maybe even next year, depending what goes on with John Johnson and, and whatnot, or Quentin Lake for that matter, ends up being, you know, the starting safety. So love what I'm seeing out of Rust East, even in a small sample size. Yeah, you know, I, one of the things that I was concerned about heading into the season, just with a smaller cornerback uh, defensive back group, um, a lot of guys under six feet tall, not a, guy, a lot of guys, you know, with, uh, you know, big bodies. Uh, but he really emerged as that kind of that kind of guy back there that could lay the wood and just kind of get some hits on it. And like you were saying in that San Francisco game, that was really put on full display for a lot of people, maybe for the first time, uh, seeing that he, he, he can get in there and, and mess some guys up. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, just, just another example of Raheem Morris, uh, developing a guy, uh, Aubrey Pleasant and, and, and all, all that coaching staff that we've shouted out all year. Um, you know, that development of a sixth, seventh rounder, those guys, it's just, uh, you gotta love, you gotta love seeing that. I think, I think my, I think my last, uh, shout out, and I don't even know if this guy's flown under the radar, uh, but Kevin Dotson's just done a fantastic job. Mm. Uh, as as a guard, um, just open, uh, open everything up for Kyron Williams. Uh, just a nice, you got a nice duo going on in there with, uh, Steve Avila and Kevin Dotson. It's not, it's not the first time I've shouted them out, but you know, these offensive lines guys, they, they don't get enough, they don't get enough love, especially with this running game and how it's, uh, how it's working. So, um, you know, yet again, uh, he's a free agent and, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the the Rams prioritize all of these free agents, all these contributors, how they plan on replacing them if they do let them go. So uh, I think Kevin Dotson's probably top of my list uh, for guys that they want to keep uh, just because he fits so well with the rest of the, the line. Yeah, I mean, I think he has to be top priority. It's hard. And it, it, this is a different comparison because I, I think he's a different scenario based on how well um he played this season but it's like with the rams history i'm curious if they'll be gun shy to do that because a lot of 
in-house guys that they re-sign like have not panned out. You think of Todd Gurley, you think of Jared Goff, obviously, but on the offensive line specifically, Joseph Nopum obviously was the big contract that doesn't even play now anymore because of that. So I'm curious if they'll be gun shy. I don't think they should be. I think he showed enough because even with Nopum, it was like a, uh, is he worth the contract? Like you, you don't want to not have a tackle starting tackle on the roster. So that's kind of why I think why they did it, but he never like, truly showed that he was deserved of like a franchise level contract Dotson. It's been only one year, but I feel like, I mean, he was the guy on the offensive line for how great his heaven sign was, how great his Steve Avila was and is going to be Dotson was like the face of that, that offensive line and setting up that like grit that we've been talking about that LA needs. So um, I think he needs to be number one. And I'll, I'll, for my last guy, I'll do it on the, the offensive line as well. And I'm going to, I'm going to go with Alaric Jackson and this is, this will pose into the next kind of question for that we can talk about. Um, Alaric Jackson started off obviously a little slow. There was questions who was going to play left tackle. He ends up, I think playing well enough. I believe only gave up one sack on the entire season of almost a thousand snaps, um, only like three penalties. So, you know, you think of even some of the great left tackles of the game, they have quite a, they can have upwards of double digit holding calls or false starts, only three penalties, only one sack given up. Um, probably not the best in run blocking, but I, I think he improved game over game week over week and hats off to the coaching staff and what they're able to do. Um, but I just think an unsung here that, you know, we talk about the Kevin Dotson's, we talk about the Steve Avila's, we talk about the Rob Havenstein's, but Larry Jackson didn't get a lot of shine and a guy that plays left tackle plays on Matthew Stafford's blind side and only gave up one sack. And so he's a guy I think that deserves to be shouted out. So you can obviously speak on him, but the way, the, what I want to ask you is, did he do enough this year? Do you think for the Rams to be confident with him moving forward at left tackle, or do they still need to either hit free agency or the draft to maybe get a upper tier talented player for that position? Well, you know, uh, you know, another undrafted free agent starting for this team um, yeah. and doing a, doing a great job. Uh, he did lead. He did lead the offensive line in pressures this year. Uh, they didn't manifest into sacks, probably just because this guy's a, a baller and he and he's got that dog in him, and he doesn't want that, you know, that on his record necessarily. Um, so, you know, it's a it's a big question mark for me though, because you think about going out and getting uh, Andrew Whitworth um, and what that did for this team, and what they've looked like without Andrew Whitworth uh, on this team as well. Um, and you think about, you know, you go back and you look at the Super Bowl winning teams over the last handful of years and, and, and even going further back than that, you know, left tackle is a really important position. You know, yep. I might argue it's maybe the second most uh, important offensive position on the team. They're out there for every snap, uh, you know, uh, blind side of the quarter quarterback. You got you got to go up against talented edge rushers across the league um, and. You know, I think that this draft class in particular is, is you know, especially around 19 where the Rams are going to be picking uh, unless they trade, as they like to say, <laughs> um, yep. you know, there, there's going to be there's going to be a couple of guys. I mean, I think Joe Alt will probably go a little bit further than that uh, uh, before before the Rams will be able to pick. But there's going to be other tackles that are going to be kind of up up for grabs at that point. So, um. Yeah, I, I like the guy. I was rooting for him to take over the the left tackle position um, over Joe Noteboom um, after what we saw from both of them last uh, season. Even though they all everybody got injured, 
Um, yeah. So what are, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts there? I mean, you're a little bit more uh, uh, wise in this area than I am. I'm 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 torn. I I don't know. I like the guy, but I also think that finding an elite guy is probably that's got to be up there in in priorities. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, just, you anytime you can upgrade at all you you do it right even if it's like a little marginal upgrade and left tackle like you said is so important so if it was me though this is how i would approach it i would not looking at you know the tackles available in free agency you know top of the list you got like what tyron smith um you got jonah uh, out of um uh cincinnati who's obviously had some injury history and so i would not address it in free agency um i would say, you know, not going to worth spending the money. You know, you finally have some capital to play with. I would address other positions and not left tackle. When you look at the draft, that's where I would go get a guy. And it doesn't even have to be first round. I mean, we've seen how well they've drafted the offensive line in later rounds and um, what that could look like. So um, that's what I would do is go to the draft and and get a guy then that's competing with Jackson and can go from there. So with that real quick, if you're on radio, we do got to take a quick break. We'll have plenty more Rams talk though. If you want to head to LA fit F- LAFBnetwork.com or just search the Rams skinny wherever you get your podcast. You can finish this episode. So that would be my approach though, is uh, bring a guy in, in the draft. If, if one of those big name guys, which if they fall to you at 19, I, I wouldn't think twice. I'd run that ticket up kind of like Siva Vila. Um, but you know, if, if not, I would take BPA at 19. We'll, we'll have plenty more draft talk later, but I would definitely get a tackle at some point, second, third, fourth, even fifth round. And then you go into camp with, you know, Jackson as the penciled in starter, but he's going to have some competition there and, and you groom a guy and build a guy up uh, that can eventually take over. So that's how I would approach it. I just don't think it's worth going out and spending 10, 11, 12, $13 million for the the tackles that are available in free agency this year. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. Uh, you know, and I, uh, you know, I think that, you know, Jackson's an exclusive rights free agent coming in, so they've got the upper hand uh, there. So likely he won't uh, cost them all, uh, like what they're paying uh, Joe Noboom at this point. Um, yeah. You know, he's the $15 million cap it at this point. Yeah. Uh, fifth, fifth, fifth highest played player on the Rams. Uh, you know, now obviously all of this is going to change once they actually start uh, spending money or having money to spend again. So uh yeah i like i like that path um you know and you know you know i think i think you're absolutely right with free agency it's going to be over uh everything's going to be overpriced in free agency and and more and more we're seeing that yeah over more and more we're seeing that these free agents just aren't working out across the league so i like that i like that game plan whether it's a first round or, or something behind it to give them some competition but uh yeah it's super important position yeah yeah and you know i mean I'm definitely not rolling with this as my uh, potential starter, but you know, Nopum does have two years left on his deal that he signed and yeah, he's overpaid, but maybe he with, you know, going into year two with Wendell as his O-line coach and some continuity, maybe he can improve and, and if anything, push those guys or push Jackson and, you know, I'm not banking on that, but you know, you have him on the roster and you're paying him a lot. So hopefully you can see him as an improvement there. So I think the combination of Jackson, Nopum and a, and a rookie, um, plus, you know, remember Logan Bruss is on the practice squad and I know they moved him inside to guard, but maybe he's a guy that, you know, after playing tackle in college can, can get back in that tackle form. So, you know, I think there's, there's optionality here for the Rams, which at least is good. You're not going in like this year where everyone was terrified and then everyone just exceeded expectations. It's like, now, you know, you have some, like some strengths there that mm-hmm. now you just need to, you can just improve it, but it's not like a disaster area. 
Yeah. And, you know, I was playing around on over the cap earlier today, just thinking about this exact same question and they can cut um, Joe Noteboom for just a $5 million uh, dead money hit. Uh, I'd buy do that then. <laughs> yeah. Po- post, post June, post June 1st. So I, that I, my head is that's where that's going to end up on there, unfortunately for him. And, and, you know, you got to cut, you got to cut ties when, you, you know, there's uh, the sunk, sunk, co- sunk cost fallacy out there. And, you know, yep. it's, it's, you know, the 50, 53 people on the roster and, uh, you know, you got to make room for people. So I think that's, I think that's, what's going to happen with him. Yeah. That especially seeing how they did that last off season. And, you know, I think they'll probably do, I saw something where, you know, they're sitting, what it, I haven't even, I should have looked before, uh, jumping on here, but I think they're sitting at like 25, 30 million in cap space and they can do restructures getting it all the way to like a hundred million, which I don't think they'll do that much, but, um, there'll be some moving around of contracts and some money. And, and I would not shock me, a a, a releasing of note boom to give them, you know, a little bit extra there. Um, sitting but, at 42, 42 billion right now. Or, okay. I thought I saw someone said like 25 or something, which I was oh. like, that doesn't seem right. 42 sounds much more like what I thought was the case. So anyway, um, Quickly, let's talk this Tyler Higby injury. Um, you know, the the brutal hit straight to the knee, torn ACL, torn MCL. Because of how late it is in the season, uh, we'll probably miss a good chunk of the year in order to get back. You remember, you know, OBJ obviously a few weeks later, but he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl and missed the entire next season. Part of that is just because the team didn't sign him. But, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate when injuries happen that late because it's going to bleed into the next year. For, I, I want to ask you this, though, like, everyone's seen the video by now if you haven't it's up on our twitter feed or or just hit us up and we can send it to you but you know matthew stafford happened to be mic'd up happened to chase down the chase down the defender and tell him it was a dirty hit and you know just protecting his guy what did you think of uh of staff protecting his teammate you gotta love to see that you know he, he's not afraid to get up in somebody's grill and uh tell him what exactly what he thinks of him and you know uh you, on that side of things, I think Stafford did exactly the right thing. And, and you know, if, you know, whether or not uh, Kirby Joseph is, in fact, a dirty player, as uh, as Stafford says he is, as he, as he said, they it's on tape. Everybody knows yeah. it, whatever. Uh, you know, I, it's hard for me to make that judgment. Um, but in terms of, you know, standing up for your guys and, and you know, you just saw you just saw your teammate go down. Uh, you got to you got to you got to step in there and and. Uh, let them know that uh, that kind of thing isn't going to fly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always wary to call someone a straight up dirty player without like watching them constantly. And you know, if it is on tape, I know there has been, I think there's another instance where he did injure a guy's knee. Um, But I can confidently say it was a dirty hit, just a singular play. It was definitely a, a dirty hit in terms of, you know, the target, you know, going straight for the knee and, and obviously the injury that came from it when you have, a guy's full body there, not even looking at you. Um, you know, I'm a small guy, and so I know tackling, you always want to go low, but Higby was airborne. It's one thing if they're coming right at you like a truck and you got to go low to bring them down because you're bringing them forced another one, they're not even looking at you and you're going into like their backside and you still go right at the knees. So, um, unfortunate, unfortunate play. Uh, but yeah, I, I love seeing Stafford, you know, protect his guy. I mean, there's nothing more inspirational and obviously Higby would rather just be healthy and not hurt. There's nothing more inspirational when your leader is, is in the, in the trenches with you taking grenades 
and and you know is the one throwing it right back. I think that's what people love and teammates love about Baker, a guy like Baker Mayfield is you know how vocal he is and how he'll get in the dirt. And Matthew Stafford, I think, has always been like that in his career, and he's ride or die, and his teammates ride or die for him. And I just think that's is really cool to see. And um, you know, he did it. I, I want to. It was. I think it was the Super Bowl. Trying to think back, if it's a Super Bowl or one of the playoff games, but did it as well uh, after a hit, went in, got in a guy's grill, a defender's grill, calling him out on a hit. So um, it's good to know that's that's the Rams' quarterback, that's the leader of this organization, and a, a guy that's always going to ride for his teammates. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I went back and I looked at uh, you know maybe maybe he is a dirty player, and you know uh, Kirby was called uh, for one unsportsmanlike uh, hit in the. Uh, Vikings game early, uh, right around Christmas, Christmas Eve, I think is when it was on a hit against um, uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, kind of came in. It didn't. He didn't hit lead with his helmet. Led with his shoulder. I, I'm not entirely sure why there was that call, but he also the the hit that everybody's thinking about is uh, T.J. Hawkinson. Also, he kind of mm-hmm. went uh, low, and it, it's not like Kirby's a small guy. He's over 200 pounds. Six one. Um, so he's not, he's not like us. He's not, you know, a five, eight guy just trying to, you know, keep eating his lunch out there. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's a big dude. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's just unfortunate. You know, it, it, it's a violent game. It's a hard game. Um, and I'm I'm not going to go so far as call him a dirty player. Um, but yeah, that, uh, you know, that's, that's a, you know, he went, he went low and, and, you know, you think about the, the, defenseless player kind of uh, call that they'll, you know, use to call penalties. And, yeah. you know, I think that look, looking at, looking at that play again, Higby was pretty defenseless at that point, you know, totally, totally stretched out for that hit and, and t- takes a low hit. There should have been a flag, you know, 15 yards, unnecessary roughness. And yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, and we didn't even, we didn't even talk about really on our, our recap show a couple of days ago about, you know, the, the refs and some of the missed calls there. And, and, you know, obviously the, the fourth down at the end of the game, I thought was a missed, missed call. And, and yeah, that was another one. You, you know, it's not a, it's not a helmet to helmet. Obviously it was to the knee, but it's defenseless receiver, as you said. And that is, that is a rule and um, why that's called. I mean, here's what's hard with the rule. And I haven't read the rule book front to cover, but you know, I understand head or neck area, you know, long-term health, and I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, but if, you know, a planted foot and a knee is pretty, you know, long-term as well, it might not be mentally, but physically, I mean, you guys cannot walk after, you know, being 50 years old or whatever because of injuries sustained. So if, if you're talking defenseless receiver, it shouldn't matter exactly where that hit is. It's just, are they defenseless or are they not? And were they hit maliciously and unequivocally, the answer is yes to that. So that was just another missed call that that would have uh try to think when it came in the game in terms of down and yardage but i want to say it was a third down play that would have kept them going yeah i think i think you're right about that yeah um you know and we can only look forward now unfortunately it wasn't called and uh you know we uh, other people can litigate uh the dirty player uh, moniker yeah um, uh have you uh oh go ahead oh you know go ahead I was just going to say, you know, you got to we're if we're looking forward, it's, you know, who else are they able to sign to to the roster that can kind of help uh, patch this uh, this tight end room uh, going forward? Yeah. So we'll end we'll end quickly. I just want to ask you one more thing about, uh, you know, positions of need and we'll get into like actual player depth, free agency draft here in the in the coming, you know, next week and all throughout the offseason. 
So, you know, we won't get as in depth today, but at least we'll talk like what they really need to focus on. But I just want to ask you this because it was like, you know, all over, all over Twitter, obviously, like, have you had any negative interactions with, with any Lions fans? Like I've been seeing it everywhere. Like I guess Rams and Lions fans have been getting into it over the last week. I haven't had any experience with it, but I've been seeing a lot of the, the, the Rams Twitter folks have been uh, all venting about Lions fans and their mentions and, and all that stuff. Have you noticed any of that? You know, I've really kind of disengaged from uh, Twitter kind of this year in a way, um, you know, just just for this very reason where, you know, when everything turns toxic, it's like uh, I want to get out of there anyway. So, you know, and I, I always try to take a fair and balanced and, you know, unbiased approach. And, you know, I, you know, you, you thinking about the missed calls on, on Nakua, there was a, a phantom false start call uh, yeah. for the, you know, the Lions and, you know, those those kind of things go both ways and um you know it this is it's just a thing of of fandom that you either love it or you hate it and uh you know i i don't like it (laughs) so i don't really engage in it just because that's not how i i i don't know I, i don't go through my life like that but you know and i it actually in a way makes it makes football better uh if people are passionate and love what they uh, love, love their team and defend their team. Just like, just like Stafford getting up in somebody's grill and, you know, you know, no, no personal attacks out there on Twitter guys. Uh, don't go after anybody's mother or you yeah. know, anything like Leave that. Leave the but, mothers out of this. Leave. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great. Keep, Ron Burgundy said, keep, um, keep it, uh, keep it focused on what happens on the field and, and, ha- and have a good time and, and try not to get your feelings hurt out there. Okay. Yeah. I never, none of it ever came my way. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously larger follower accounts are going to, going to get more, you know, traction and, and engagement. Um, but I also think some people just kind of, I'm not referring to anyone at all, but I think in general, some people kind of ask for a little bit by the way they, by the way they engage and the, and the things they say and, and the, by the way they re- respond or reply, I mean, responses to everything, right? Like you're always going to have a couple of those, those trolls and rude people, but all of a sudden if you engage and, and kind of, troll back it's just going to escalate things so but so that was interesting like man I, the uproar of rams fans that i saw that were just saying how toxic the lions fan base was and almost as bad as the niners fan base and the rivalry and <laughs> i saw polls all over like like who are you rooting for next or who are you like would you rather see win the niners or lions like i never thought of rams any rams fans would ever even question that it was always going to be never never the niners so it was just like man this must have been a rough week for a lot of people I think the Rams play the the uh, Lions next year, don't they? Uh, you might be right. I hope so. I think it's, I think it's yeah. NFC North. Yeah. But, you know, we'll launch into our next thing, and I'll just double-check that. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. It'll be fun. So I am, I'm all down for a new, another rivalry to, to, to come about. Uh, always down for, for more rivalries, especially when there's great storylines, like with the Rams and Lions now. So, um, but yeah, ending the show here, we, we can just kind of quick, but – Positions of need, uh, you know, you mentioned Marcus Robinson's going to be a free agent. Keller Witherspoon's going to be a free agent. Kevin Dotson's going to be a free agent. Obviously, as great as this team was, they can certainly upgrade at places such as edge. We talked about left tackle. Um, So give me your kind of top three areas in order. You got to do them in order. Can't just give me a general three. So give me, you go from three to one three areas of need that they need to address first. And you can say whether you want them to address it in free agency or in the draft. We'll throw a little wrinkle there at you that we didn't prepare for. 
Take it away, Skinny T. So I'm going to say number three is a, another running back. I think they have to find somebody that uh, they can take the load off of Kyron Williams. He hurt his hand in the last game. Obviously, that's not really a usage uh, kind of thing, but also injury prone. Uh, missed yep. a good chunk of his rookie year. Missed uh, four games this season, uh, and 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 missed the the last half of the or last uh, quarter of uh, the the Lions game with a hand injury. Uh, so uh, I think definitely go through that uh, through the draft, um, but. You know the way the uh, the running backs market is working right now, they could land a, a decent running back in free agency. So I'm good. I'm kind of good either way. Just kind of play play your cards and 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 see what uh, see what uh, transpires after that. Number two, yep. I'm going to say um, cornerback. And this is the only thing I have to say about this one is they're going to have to address it in, in both. I think they go out and get a. Uh, a corner, a veteran cornerback, uh, through trade or free agency. Um, do you think, they- not to cut you off, do you think they should re-sign Witherspoon and go sign a free agent, or either or? I think uh, move on from Witherspoon. Um, oh, okay. Sign a sign a legitimate. <clears throat> number one cornerback in free agency. Jalen Johnson's out there. He might attract a lot of attention, but it's guy worth paying, um, you know, from, from Chicago. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, and then find another guy somewhere in, you know, second, third round, I think cornerback in the draft. Numero uno. Uh, you know it. We know it. American people know it. Edge rusher. <laughs> there it is. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn. I, I think free agency is probably your best bet because um, mm. this draft class isn't isn't super deep. Latu's out there. UCLA Bruin Latu had a great yeah, season. I think he won't be there at 19. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then after that, it gets a little bit uh, fuzzy, uh, even even in the first round for edge rushers. And then you got some interesting names of free agency. Brian Burns and Josh Allen are out there. there Brian Burns again. Is has been buzzing around this franchise for two seasons now yeah. and and uh I, I know they would love to land him i like josh allen a little bit more mm-hmm. um I, I just think he's got uh you know a little bit more upside uh brian burns I, though i think is 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 a, a good way to go yeah just a reminder for everyone out there this is josh allen who's edge for the jacksonville jaguars not the quarterback about to play right. in frigid temperatures in buffalo um okay love that uh, we're going to have probably a lot of similarities here, but I'll go for three. Let's see. How do I want to approach this for three? Cause I don't want to, I don't want to do the exact same list as you. Um, so I will go, I'll go, I'll go offensive line and I'll, I'll it's a cop out. It's broad, but with Kevin Dotson being a free agent with, as we talked about the left tackle, do you feel good enough about Alaric Jackson? Do you trust Joe? No, boom's going to grow. Do you think Logan Bress has made a jump uh, being in this new system uh, with with Coach Wendell and being uh, on the practice squad? You know, do you feel great with Coleman Shelton as center moving forward? Um, you obviously know Steve Avila is great. You know, Havenstein's great. And then you want to do everything to bring Kevin Dotson back. But I think there's question marks there on how to keep that continuity and how to improve it. And I think all of that can be answered in the draft. I don't think with the, the money that you do have, I'm not sure I, I would recommend not sure I would love spending a good healthy chunk of it on the offensive line. Now, 
I'm going to dig in more to, you know, I've looked at a lot of the tackles. I'll dig in a little bit more at the guards. Um, and that being said, that's different from re-signing Kevin Dotson. Cause I totally believe re-signing Kevin Dotson. I'm just saying going outside externally in free agency. Um, I think after Dotson's back, you, you go in the draft and you fortify that way. So that's three for me. I'll, I'll flop mine to be different. So two, I will go edge. Um, Byron Young, you know, second in the, the league in rookie sacks behind his counter rookie and Kobe Turner with eight, Turner at nine. Um, so I think he's going to continue to develop. You absolutely need someone on the other side of him. I think he is seen as the one of the starters. Love Michael Hoyt. I love what he means. I love the whole dropping the LA and uh, that was a horrible rendition of it, but dropping the uh, LA in the, um, in the video that went viral and, you know, Mr. LA, I love it. I just don't think he's a, a long-term edge for a Super Bowl contender. Definitely a good depth piece. A guy I want on this roster has grown so much under the tutelage of this coaching staff. But if you can fortify the side opposite of Brian Byron Young with a, a more talented player, and and I agree with you, whether it's Josh Allen, whether it's Brian Burns, you know, Brian Burns, it just seems like it's going to be a Ram. It's always like it comes up that he is linked to the Rams. The Rams liked him. They attempted to potentially rumors that they tried to trade for him last year. And then the cost was just too high. Like it just seems like he is going to be a Los Angeles Ram. And that would be, I mean, having Byron Young and Brian Burns, I think would be a great one, two punch in that. And, and then obviously I think with the potential 10 to 11 draft picks, you could pick up another one in the, in the late, but I don't think then you're, you're definitely then not forced to use one of your early picks at edge. Like I said, if lot, if Latu Latu falls to 19, I don't care if you got Brian Burns, you draft Latu Latu at 19 and you have a, a triple headed monster there for NASCAR packages. Um, and the number one cornerback, um, both I think are equally important to this defense. Both are equally uh, not having that star power. And so, um, you know, at, at 19, this to me feels like what the pick will be, will be a corner. The Rams, I think, are the hardest team to predict in the draft because they, they tend to go BPA or just like throw everyone for a loop and what they do. Uh, so it's, it's hard to really know what they'll do. But to me at this point in January, still long time to go. And there's going to be free agency and trades. I feel like 19 is where you get your, your star corner, whether it's a Kool-Aid McKinstry out of Alabama or there, you know, there's a lot of names on the board that they could potentially get. So um, I think I agree with you. There's probably some good names in free agency that they could add, but I would still, regardless if we, even if they get a premier corner free agency, I would still use 19 for that corner because they don't as well as this group played as well as they impressed, they don't have not they don't even have a true wide uh, corner one. They probably don't have a true corner two. They have good depth in terms of after if they were to add two of those guys, and then you can build upon with Kobe Durant and and some of these other players that I think we could see improve if Darren Kendrick can be improved. But you want to go into the year with maybe some firepower there. So th that's my list. Yeah, I just want to throw out an honorable mention, safety. Uh, Jordan Fuller is going to be a, a free agent after this year. Um, and they, they haven't signed, uh, you know, uh, Taylor Rapp, John Johnson. Uh, they let those guys go in free agency. So I'm curious to see. That'll be an interesting uh, place. And if, you know, if they can continue to patch that with the sixth, seventh rounders, I think that's that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, they've drafted uh, heavy in there just in terms of depth. So yeah. they must feel good about it. Um, and in, in terms of in terms of uh, crazy un, un unpredictable Rams draft moves, uh, Dane Brugler has number nineteen, uh, the number nineteen uh, Rams pick going to JJ McCarthy, quarterback, oh. Michigan. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, 
So that would not that, that threw me for a loop. Now I'm still thinking I'm that's that's living rent free in my head as the kids say. Yeah. I mean Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> people will look at the Packers and and use this as like at what? Oh, is that who he referenced? Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. I didn't even, even look at his mock yet, but people will look to that and say, look, here's an organization that has decided to, you know, draft a QB early before their franchise guy was done and then develop them instead of forcing them in. And they're now potentially, you know, it's it's still a little early. I know a lot of people all of a sudden are saying he's the next elite franchise Green Bay Packers quarterback. He's looked really well. I mean, that's a little premature, but it's seemingly like Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, now Jordan Love, all in unison. The argument I would have in that is, yeah, and it's the Packers are always relevant, which I think is is very important, especially for ownership. I mean, they're always a playoff contender, but you have those potentially three back-to-back-to-back elite quarterbacks, and you have two Super Bowls over almost 40 years to show for it. And so you're you're taking some of those moments, and it's it's one pick, but who did they, and I haven't looked at the Packers draft history, but who would you potentially pass on to have that one pick that would develop four years then take over? And it, you know, they're in the playoffs now and we'll see what happens this week. Um, but I would just argue that I get that. And, but I, a, I definitely wouldn't do that for JJ McCarthy. I just don't, I haven't seen anything from McCarthy that, that wows me yet. I haven't dove into his film a ton yet, but, but for me, it's just like, man, I just think based on what Stafford is showing you, um, I just think there's so much more value you could get at 19 instead of having a quarterback sit for for two or three years. I'd rather use a, you know, a, a third or or a fourth rounder and, and see if you can strike well there. That's obviously riskier, um, but you know, that's just my take on it. Yeah, they want to be competitive in the Stafford window, uh, which is you know, uh, two or three more years, I guess. Let's say. So, yeah. you know, using 19 on a quarterback at this point uh, that doesn't make any sense in terms of that building plan. Um, but you never, I mean, if they really, really like a quarterback at 19, you know, and they pull that trigger, Ooh. yeah, I know. And yeah. And it, you know, if it's a, you know, if a Penix falls or something, and I know we were hearing reports that in, in actual like draft circles, Penix is not as highly thought of as like media and fans. Um, but I've watched a lot more of him than McCarthy and it's just like, okay, that's a guy I can see, especially in this McVay system, like doing some good things. I just McCarthy, I mean, might be, might be really good. I think he has some intangibles there and he's got good size. I just, I haven't seen where he's like, I can't think of one and I know people are probably going to crucify me for this, but I'm sorry. I didn't watch, you know, every game of Michigan football, but I can't think of one game where it was like McCarthy's signature game where he just like took over. It's like, yeah, he was a, decent player that had a great running game, best offensive line every year he was there and a good defense. So um, that's not what I'm using 19 for. I'll just say that. Hey, if he falls in the second, I would use the Rams second round pick for it and develop Hmm. third for sure. Second, maybe people think that's too rich. I would do second. I wouldn't do 19. Uh, All right. Last thing I gotta say before we wrap this up and I feel, uh, I don't know if embarrassed is the right word, ashamed, (laughs) uh, dumb, everyone can call us out for being like, wow, how you guys even cover the Rams? We just listed three positions and somehow did not name kicker as one. And that's probably the most important one they need to address. 
absolutely. And not in the draft. I don't think they need to address it in the draft because I think you don't draft kickers. You, we did. Uh, I don't know if you remember skinny T we were, we were in some like slack art, not me and you, but there's some slack debate and someone like after the debate went and made like a spreadsheet of it, like of, of, oh, of the 32 starting kickers going into this year, like only, I think of the 32, it was like 12 were drafted. And of those 12, only like seven, I'm, I'm not remembering the exact number. Seven were like fourth round or higher picks. So it's like half the league were like undrafted guys. But you look at the free agent list, you've got, you know, Will Lutz is going to be a free agent who's been pretty good for Denver. Brandon McManus is a free agent, pretty good for Jacksonville. Uh, Fairbairn in Houston is going to be a free agent. So that's where the brand, I mean, we had listed and I, I think we just overthought it, but that's absolutely a position where it's like, go get a guy in free agency, pay him 4 million bucks and forget about it. And you're good to go. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get out there and uh, get into the MLS scouting. You know, you gotta start scouting like Brandon Aubrey. What a, what a revelation that is, you know, you got to hire a couple of guys just to go to some, uh, you know, LA football club t- uh, games and, and, and just find the guy that's just booting that ball. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Know. One job. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I am ashamed as well. I apologize uh, to all you Rams fans out yeah. there. Yeah. Sorry, Ramley. If anyone's throwing a brick at your computer screen, yes. Kicker is one of the top three positions needing to be addressed. Most uh, cannot go into next year uh, as they did this year at the kicking position. Re- resign Tanner Brown. Ooh, yeah. There's a <laughs> dynamic uh, option, man. It still is just thinking like Cameron Dicker was on their practice squad and, and look how good he's, he is with the chargers now. Um, but anyway, so good show as always. Thank you, my friend, skinny T. Thank you all for hanging out, listening. Um, we've got, you know, it's exciting. A lot of, a uh, lot of fun off season coverage. Uh, we're going to have over the next, uh, you know, a few months uh, going into the next season. You know, the show never stops. Two to three episodes every single week, no matter what. Uh, we will be live on Radio Row um, at the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Even though the Rams will not be there, we will be there. Still bringing new coverage. There's always, you know, L.A. players and stuff that make their way out to the Super Bowl. So we'll, we'll get some good interviews out there. You and I and potentially a few other LFP people will be at the Combine again this year. Um, so, you know, looking at draft prospects, it's fun. We could actually talk about, as of now, first round prospects for the Rams, which we've never got to do since we started this network. So yeah. um, that will be exciting looking at some first rounders and we'll get tons of interviews out there in Indianapolis. Um, you know, we'll have some coverage from senior bowl and shrine bowl. Uh, I got, I always apply to the, the senior bowl for credentials. I get approved every year, but it's just like, it's, it's always hard because a, it's the week right before the super bowl. So it's like, I have a family. Like, can I really just be gone for two weeks straight, basically? And then B, it's just like getting to Mobile, Alabama is not a, a cheap venture by any means. So, but maybe I'll pull the trigger last minute and be there. But either way, we'll have coverage for you from the Senior Bowl as well. So, anything you need to add, Skinny T, before we sign off? I'll be at the NFLPA Bowl if they're having that again here in uh, Pasadena. That's an easy one. I think one. it's done. I don't think they're doing it anymore. Oh, no? Oh, bummer. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need to double check, but I think I heard that it's it's no more. Well, that makes sense because I haven't heard from them. So <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I know. Unfortunate because, yeah, it was, it was a nice local one. It was down the street from my house. Yeah. Um, but anyway, plenty of coverage here coming from the Rams skinny and always at, excuse me, the L.A. football network. So thank you all for hanging out with us. Please hit that like and subscribe button if you're on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, go to Rams LAFB for our YouTube channel. Um, everything is at LAFBnetwork.com. And obviously, if you're on podcast, Rams skinny is where you will find us. Everyone be well, be safe. Be back after the weekend for more Rams talk. Be well, Ramley.